Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Campbell Klein, joined by my co-hosts, Dean McCollum and Tyler Fertel. And uh, it's our first time recording in quite some time, but we're looking to get back on a more consistent schedule, especially heading into the summer. And uh, today we're going to be talking about NFL free agency and some of the transactions that have happened so far. And uh, as we're approaching the draft, we're all getting excited for the NFL season. So we've highlighted our what we consider our top five like biggest transactions so far. So we're going to start at number five and Tyler's going to be excited for this one. So the Chargers this offseason, they signed former Patriots cornerback JC Jackson to a five-year $82.5 million deal with the Chargers with 40 million of those dollars being guaranteed. And additionally, the Chargers traded for Khalil Mack for a 2022 second round pick uh, a 2022, sorry, a 2022 second round pick being the 48th overall pick and a 2023 sixth round pick. And uh, the Chargers will pick up the final three years on Khalil Mack's contract. So Tyler, we'll start with, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this deal? Um, so I think both these moves are big moves for the Chargers. Filled two of their biggest defensive needs, obviously one, J.C. Jackson, Fills that lockdown corner spot need that the Chargers have been needing for quite a while now. Michael Davis, who was their uh, cornerback number one last year, wasn't really filling that. Uh, well, he wasn't filling that cornerback number one um, place. So they went on the market and they found the best one on the market. And JC Jackson will be shadowing guys uh, in the division, out of the division for many, many years for the Chargers. Great that they locked him down for five years. Uh, he's going to be one of the cornerstones of, the, of their defense, along with Derwin James, Joey Bosa. And obviously Khalil Mack, who they also traded for this season. Uh, another big need for the Chargers defense was getting a guy opposite of Joey Bosa. So uh, they could attack quarterbacks on both sides of the ball. Personally, I don't know how any offensive line is going to stop both of them when they're both attacking the quarterback, especially uh, uh, especially when they're playing good quarterbacks and they're not going to want to let them have time to pass. So Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr better be looking out two times a year when they're playing these two guys because especially uh, this season, like Dean likes to say, or like Dean doesn't like to say, neither of them are washed. So um, they're going to be a really good duo this year. I'm really excited to watch Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson on the Chargers, and they're, uh, they're going to be standouts in the, in the blue and gold for years to come. Well, I do agree with you, Tyler, that these are both very massive pickups for the Chargers since – J.C. Jackson, like you said, he's going to fill that cornerback number one role that Michael Davis wasn't really uh, being able to do this past season. And they also have Asante Samuel Jr., who played really well for a rookie corner. Um, I think that uh, the Chargers uh, still need to fill uh, some run-stopping positions. They have a pretty high pick. They have a pretty high pick in the draft, which is where I was getting. I mean, Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa are both edge rushers, so they're not going to really be able to do that much in the run game, stopping the run game at least. But if the Chargers pick up uh, a high-end defensive tackle, maybe with their first-round pick, then their defense is going to be looking pretty set. Um, I know that uh, every every year people say it's a Chargers year, especially this past year everyone thought it was a Chargers year, and they missed the playoffs. I think this year is actually going to be their year that they at least make the playoffs. We'll see what they can do. Hopefully Justin Herbert, I'm pretty high on him. Hopefully he can – uh, blossom into a top three quarterback because he's already top five, but maybe like getting that conversation with Mahomes, Allen, and Rogers is the uh, top three best. So we'll see what Herbert can do. I'm sure he's going to do really well, but 
as uh, coming from these two defensive pickups, they're massive for the Chargers and their defense definitely improved. Dean, I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, I have to, I kind of have to correct you on the run stopping thing. Although the Chargers will probably still be looking to get some more run stopping uh, help in the draft like with a player like Jordan Davis, um, they did actually pick up two of the best run stop percentage defensive tackles in the league in the offseason, Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams and Austin Johnson from the Giants. Never so Austin Johnson in my life and Joseph Day's kind of mid. <laughs> but I mean, they still will be, I agree with you. They still will be looking to pick up someone in the draft, whether it's first or second round um, or, or we don't have a second round pick or sorry, they don't have a second round pick first or third, or maybe later in the draft or tra- trading up or something. Um, but they did pick up two guys that will definitely contribute to that run stop, the, which was one of the worst in the league last year. So, yeah. All right. Um, now we'll move on to the fourth most important transaction, which is the Dolphins trading away five draft picks. Yes, you heard me right. Five, including a first, second, two fourth round picks and a sixth round pick for Tyreek Hill, who they immediately signed to a four-year, $120 million extension. Um, I'll start with Dean on this one. How do you think uh, Tyreek Hill is going to look this year, and you think it'll make Tua look better, and how is that Dolphins team as a whole going to perform, do you think? I think that ever since the Dolphins uh, got the 49ers' former, I believe, offensive coordinator, um, I think that's sort of how they, as their head coach, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned that they hired him as their head coach. I think they sort of wanted to form his offensive scheme from the Niners and transfer it to the Dolphins. So they already have a guy like Jalen Waddle who plays sort of similarly to Debo Samuel, maybe not as much of a run threat, but definitely they use him on some gadget plays and they picked up uh, Tyree kill. One of the best receivers, the fastest receiver by far in the league who can also run on those gadget plays, just like Waddle. And they also picked up a bunch of other guys like uh, Raheem Mostert, who's one of the fastest running backs in the league. So I think this is going to be definitely a revamped Dolphins offense uh, with Tyree Kill. The only thing that definitely could be holding them back is their quarterback, Tua. He'll have to definitely make a leap this season if they want to reach their full potential with this offense, because it is a very stacked offense. I mean, Jalen Waddle is now one of the best wide receiver twos in the league right now, now that Tyree Kill is in town. So if Tua can prove that he's that guy in Miami, then I think this team has a chance at being a wild card team because the AFC is so stacked right now. You see the AFC West, I mean, all four of those teams might make the playoffs. So it's going to be hard for some other teams that might be on the brink, such as the Dolphins, to make the playoffs. But if Tua can play well, I mean, every everything else should be going pretty well for them because they lock, did they lock up Xavier Howard? They did, right? I think I'm pretty sure they re-signed him. They got Teron Armstead, one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the league from the Saints. So as long as Tua performs, I think the Dolphins are looking good. But it is it is going to be like kind of a drag if Tua doesn't work because it like they won't be able to make the playoffs. And Tyreek Hill is probably going to end up being unhappy if uh, Tua doesn't perform. But hopefully he can because that Miami uh, offense is definitely very exciting. Um. Yeah, like you said, Dolphins revamped the team this season, uh, revamped the offense more specifically. Like you said, adding Tyreek Hill in the trade, Raheem Moster, Chase Edmonds, and then Tron Armstead on the offensive line. So definitely going to be a fast team, to say the least, this year. Uh, We'll see if Tua can effectively throw the ball far downfield with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, both in the offense. But I don't think think Tyreek's just going to be a big play guy anymore. 
Um, because I mean, that was one of Patrick Mahomes' biggest strengths, throwing the ball downfield. And that's why that Tyree Kill to or Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill connection was so great because he Tyree Kill would run 50 yards downfield and Mahomes would get through uh to him every time. But now that they have Tua, who's more of a short game guy, um, actually a pretty accurate thrower when it comes to short and medium ranges. So with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill there, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of slants happening there, a lot of quick out routes and things like that to get the ball downfield because when you have two players that are that fast in the same offense, not a lot of cornerbacks will be able to guard both of them simultaneously. So a lot of the time, one of them will be getting open. So it's going to be a fun offense to watch. Um, and we can talk about that the Dolphins overpaid for Tyree Kale, both in the trade and with his contract. You can make arguments both sides, whatever. But I think the bigger thing is I still just – I still can't believe, and I don't understand why the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill. I feel like that Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill connection was a little too special to break it up, and now I feel like the Chiefs might be a little bit over reliant on uh, Travis Kelsey and that offense. Just because I don't know if you, I don't know if Juju Smith Schuster, Marquise Valdez Scantling um, can really fulfill what Tyreek Hill brought to that offense. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just. I, I just don't get it. I think that that I, I don't know why you would break up that Chiefs offense. I mean, it was working every single year. They're getting deep in the playoffs every single year. And just because I mean, I get it was a contract situation. That's why you wanted to leave. But still, I mean, I feel like you tried to do all that you could to keep him. I guess they may have may have done that, but tough loss for the Chiefs. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see if the Dolphins can threaten the Bills or the Patriots in the uh, in the AFC East this year. So, yeah. All right, we're going to keep moving to number three. This one uh, I think will interest both of you as it has effects on both of your favorite teams. Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders for a first and a second round pick. I feel like Dean probably feels more strongly about this. Um, How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers losing their guy, who is for the past, I'd say, two years, has been pretty undeniably the best wide receiver in uh, football? I mean, coming from a Packers fan perspective, obviously I'm going to say it's pretty tough, pretty rough times in Green Bay. But I mean, like like the Tyreek Hill situation, it was a contract issue. And like many wide receivers who think that they deserve the most money in the league, all of them want new contracts that their current teams aren't willing to pay. um, And they want to leave all of a sudden. And that's sort of what Devontae Adams wanted to do. The Packers were even willing to offer him more money, uh, to stay, but he literally just wanted to go play with his former college teammate, which I mean, I guess makes sense. But speaking now about like the, the deal and stuff, I, I thought the Packers were going to get more for Devontae Adams when initially, because I didn't know, like a lot of things were going through my mind when that happened, because I wasn't, I was like in the middle of something when I was told the news, I wasn't even looking at my phone. And at first, when I heard one first round pick and one second round pick, I was like, that's all. But I mean, if you think about it now, the Packers have uh, a lot to, a lot to do in the draft. They have a lot more cap space cleared up since they didn't take on any contracts in that trade. So I'm excited to see what the Packers can do because their wide receiver core right now is very weak. There is no one in that wide receiver room that is above average or average probably. I mean, yeah. So hopefully the Packers can, uh, definitely redeem themselves with some good draft picks this year or else, uh, it's going to be pretty hard for Aaron Rodgers to carry the Packers to uh, another division title. Yeah. Right now, Packers, uh, Packers offense or Packers wide receiver room is 
to below average to say the least. I mean, Sammy Watkins, their wide receiver number one right now. So uh, I feel that, I mean, first of all, after, after the Packers took Jordan Love in the first round two years ago, everyone would have thought that it would be the opposite happening right now. Aaron Rodgers would be leaving. Devontae Adams would be staying. And so now that Jordan Love pick is kind of coming back to bite the Packers in the butt, just because if they took a wide receiver there and got their new kind of franchise wide receiver two in that position, they he could have been their wide receiver one now. And as you kind of said, I mean, they only got a one and a two for Devontae Adams when Tyree Kill the Chiefs got a lot more for Tyree Kill. So it's, it was an interesting trade. I mean, I guess out of respect, the Packers just let him go and were like, you go to the team you want to go, went to the Raiders, signed a big, massive extension. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I, I Aaron Rodgers' situation is interesting now because what he signed a five year deal now with no really. He signed, he signed a three year extension, I think. Three year extension. So now, but I think he's with the Packers for like four or five more years. Yeah. See, and like, you would think if he, when he resigned, he would have been like, yeah, Devontae's coming back. We're going to run it back for a while to come uh, a while in the future. And then Devontae got franchise tagged, obviously, and then traded. So uh, from that point of view, I just think that the Packers, that whole past couple of years with the Packers, not winning a Super Bowl, drafting Jordan Love, it's just kind of all been a disappointment for them just because they lost their best wide receiver. And now they're leaving their quarterback, who's still the best in the league with no weapons around him, except for Aaron Jones. So uh, we'll see how the Packers do this year. But uh, yeah, that's the Packers point of view. And from the Raiders point of view, the best division gets better. Once again, it should every single AFC West matchup should be on primetime TV, whether it's Monday night, Sunday night or uh, Thursday night or even a Saturday night game in some certain circumstances. So I'm excited to see all the Raiders, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, whatever it is. I mean, they're all going to be great matchups. Uh, and uh, Derek Carr, Darren Waddle, Der- Derek Carr, Darren Wall- Wall- Waller, <laughs> and Devontae Adams in the s- and Hunter Renfro in the same offense. That's going to be a dangerous offense as well. So uh, Raiders are going to be an interesting team up here. Uh, up. They will be an interesting team this year. We'll see how uh, we'll see how they do compared to all the other AFC West offenses uh, because they're all good. So, yeah. I just want to throw one thing out before we move on to the second uh, to talking about the second biggest transaction of the offseason. If the Packers don't trade for Debo Samuel, or don't trade Jordan Love, or don't draft a wide receiver in the first round. I, like I, you probably will never hear from me again on this podcast, and then probably in real life too. But just warning all the viewers. The thing, the thing is, I don't know how many teams would be willing to take Jordan Love, and I don't know if you'll be. There able are a to bunch take- of teams that would, though. Okay, there there are a decent amount of teams that'll be able to, that that want him, obviously, but they're not going to be close to what the Packers want because you draft third round pick is yeah. fair. That's a that's fair. A third round pick, but like, like. He showed potential. He showed potential. He showed potential. He drafted him with the first. Well, that was that was Herbert's year. Who went in the who went in the second and third round as a wide Jaylen receiver? Jalen Hurts did. Jalen Hurts. No, did. no, no. It's a wide receiver. Oh, oh, T. Higgins was the next receiver team like, after Jordan Love. Fact, after you took Jordan Love over T. Higgins, and T. Higgins would be a wide receiver one right now. It's just it's a very big disappointment for what's happened for the Packers. Just because if you had Aaron Rodgers and T. Higgins on your team you'd feel much more comfortable than having Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love on your team. So, like, it's just – 
I can understand how it, it must be a little bit rough being a Packers fan right now, but not that bad because you guys are still probably going to be Super Bowl contenders. But like, but. All right. Um, now we'll move on to number two. And uh, this guy's probably the happiest guy in football after uh, the contract he just signed. Deshaun Watson signed a five-year, $230 million, fully guaranteed contract with uh, the Browns. And it'll be his first time playing since 2020. And in 2020, I'm sure all of you know, but Deshaun Watson was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think he led the league in passing yards, pretty much top five to top ten in every big quarterback uh, stat category. And then uh, he unfortunately had to miss the 2021 season. But uh, now he's back with the biggest quarterback. Is this the biggest NFL contract ever? I assume. I've never heard of a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. So, uh, yeah, what do you think uh, that Browns team is going to look like this year now that they're replacing Baker Mayfield, who was a little bit iffy with a, a talent like Deshaun Watson, who I think we can all agree is top five? Yeah, I think I think his deal's probably I don't know. I don't know how the Mahomes contract and or Rogers contracts really compare because Mahomes signed like a 10 year 500 mil. I don't know how much was guaranteed, but uh, yeah, this has to be one of the biggest contracts ever, obviously. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm interested. First of all, I'm interested to see where Baker Mayfield gets traded or if he gets traded, that's definitely going to be something uh, to look at or look for down the lo- road. If the Seahawks, maybe, I don't know, Lions. I mean, I don't know how many teams would want them or maybe Falcons. I mean, I really don't know how many teams would want them or how many teams are going to, tr- are interested in trading for him. So uh, yeah, it's the first thing he's obviously still in the Browns roster, but uh, yeah, this team should be much, the Browns should be much improved this upcoming season with their additions of Deshaun Watson, obviously, and also Amari Cooper to pair up with him, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt in the background, uh, the uh, in the backfield, and then one of the best offenses lines in the league. To say the least, this offense should be very, very good this upcoming season. And like you're kind of saying, Campbell, I feel like people are forgetting how good Deshaun Watson is and how good he was when he was playing. But um, we don't really know if he's going to start the season being able to play or if, uh, really how many games he's going to be able to play. Um, with the suspension and, or if the NFL suspends him or anything for uh, what happens. So we'll see about that. But if he does play, I feel that the Browns are not a lock to win this division, but definitely, definitely the front runner, because I mean, I feel, I feel that this Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper connection could be very, very underrated going into the season. And uh, yeah, I, I like this trade for the Browns. Obviously they gave up a lot, but if, uh, if, he, if Deshaun plays like he did before, um, like he did in 2020 and before, I feel that uh, Browns are definitely a top contender, especially with still a great defense. So maybe they can kind of turn into what they were supposed to be last season because they were one of the front runners for the Super Bowl last year. Obviously really disappointed, um, but maybe this season they can come back and impress. So, yeah. Yeah, I – Agree totally with what Tyler said on the part where uh, the Browns should be the uh, front runner for this division. I think they're definitely going to win it. I think that the other teams in the the division, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, the Bengals are sort of the only team that I could see rivaling the Browns to win this division. But other than the Bengals from last season, all three teams, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers, had very, like, very shaky seasons. They would lose a bunch of games they shouldn't have lost. 
I mean, it was just like a, it was poor division play from all teams other than the Bengals last season. And I think that when you're replacing someone like Baker Mayfield, who would sometimes throw three interceptions in a game versus a team like the Lions, and you're replacing it with Deshaun Watson, who is a top five, top three, top four quarterback talent. And you, and you trade for Amari Cooper for like what? They got a six round pick. They trade a six round pick for Amari Cooper. So you're getting one of the most underrated wide receivers and quarterbacks in the league. I think that definitely establishes the Browns as a dangerous team in the AFC. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see Deshaun play again because I loved watching him play. Uh, loved watching him trying to make it work with that horrible Texans team he last played for in 2020. So I'm definitely intrigued to see what Deshaun can do. And I think that the Browns are winning this division if uh, Deshaun plays the entire season. Even if he doesn't, they don't, they probably won't trade Baker and just, just in case they like feel like he's going to get suspended and they have like Baker Mayfield play the first four or so games of the season and maybe go like, maybe get off to an okay start and then Deshaun finishes it out and then Baker can raise his trade value and get traded. I don't know. I've seen that a bunch. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what the Browns can do because they definitely have a lot to prove with Deshaun Watson in that huge, he has a lot to prove with that huge deal that he just received. Um, Adding one more thing about the Browns. Uh, obviously one of the best run defense, uh, run offenses in the league this past season. And that was with Baker Mayfield, not a top people were maybe thinking top 10, top 15 quarterback. Yeah, no, that never happened. Um, And so really getting Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper in that this offense should really open up the run game um, because people late or teams late in the season probably committed to the run game um, because Baker Mayfield wasn't really threatening. So now with a good threatening QB and wide receiver duo and a good passing game, um, Nick Chubb should even possibly be more efficient than he was last year. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see this Browns offense and see uh, how they can thrive. All right, now the biggest move is uh, what we decided was Russell Wilson being traded to the Denver Broncos for two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, and Noah Fant. Um, I mean, I think whenever anyone thinks of Russell Wilson, you immediately think of the Seahawks, played with them for 10 years. He's been so, so consistent with them. I think he played in – every game until he missed two games last year. I think it was a hand injury. I might be mistaken. Um, Winning record every year, except for last year. So I think we can all agree. It's going to be weird to see him in a Broncos uniform, but uh, he's, he's getting to that age where he can really, he has to start making that last push. If he wants to win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be 34 this season, same age as Matt Stafford. Um, And yeah, I mean, he really doesn't have, too many years left in his prime considering he's a fairly mobile quarterback. Um, so yeah, I really think it's, it's going to be interesting to see if this Broncos team in the this year, next year, maybe the following year, I feel like this three-year window is sort of his time to get one last Super Bowl. Um, so do you think that team's going to be able to work something out? What do you think they're going to look like this year in such a stacked division as Tyler has mentioned a bunch of times? I'll go. Um, yeah, to say the least, the Broncos gave up a haul for Russell Wilson. Uh, so they obviously believe that he can be their championship quarterback this upcoming season. They think they're ready. 
Um, I don't know if this offense necessarily is on the same level as a team like the Chargers or the Chiefs. Actually, I think they probably are. Um, I think that all four offenses in this division are probably on the same level. Maybe the Chargers being a little bit higher with where, how many weapons they have. Um, no bias in that, by the way. Um, Bro, so the Raiders I, have a way better offense than the Chargers. It's not the Raiders better. have a better offense than the Chargers. Dude, the Chargers have two, like, right. top 20 wide receivers. That's it. All right, all right. And Austin and the Hall. worst tight end. Who's and their tight end? offensive line. Donald Parham's it. He's so good. Um, he's like, still, isn't he still injured? No, he's back. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the Broncos can definitely threaten – all the other AFC West teams, I think that they can definitely make a run for uh, the Super Bowl and could definitely win this division. But I think it's definitely going to be tough just because no game in this division is guaranteed, kind of like no game in the NFC West last season was guaranteed. And uh, obviously, the Broncos' defense is a lot better than the Seahawks' defense. So Russell Wilson should definitely be getting a lot more help on that side of the ball. Um, So I think that... I think that they are definitely Super Bowl contenders, but I would not say this is going to be Russell Wilson's best chance to get a Super Bowl just because it's going to be it's going to be a tough road to even make the playoffs. So um yeah, I think that they will definitely I think that they will make the playoffs. I just I don't know. I don't I can't say that they are guaranteed going to make the playoffs. I can't say any team in the AFC West is guaranteed to make the playoffs. But I think that Russell Wilson will be a game changer for this Broncos team. That Javante Williams will have a great season this year. He's going to be a top 10 fantasy player this year. I'm calling it now. Take him, take him in the first round of your fantasy football uh, draft. Um, but that wide receiver core really needs to step up. Jay Judy, Corlin Sutton, um, everyone else there. So uh, Tim Patrick. So, uh, yeah, I just – they don't have a tight end either, by the way, Dean. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, you were saying yeah, – I know, but he's better than Donald Parham. Albert O, you think is yeah, better than better, Yes, he's by far. Uh, Donald right. Trump's a nobody. The only new right. coverage he's gotten is when he got injured. Okay. Um, yeah, so he also had a decent amount of touchdown catches last year. He's actually he's actually if he's our tight end number one this year, he could actually be pretty, pretty good. Um, but uh I think Broncos, Broncos definitely could make a run for it. But uh in this division that's kind of up for grabs by every team. Um we'll see how big Russ big an effect Russell Wilson can have on uh on the Broncos, he'll have a big one, but we'll just see if it's a big enough impact to lead them to the chip. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like Tyler said, um, it's still in it's still in the air whether or not this uh, Russell Wilson uh, trade is going to be able to push the Broncos over that edge to make a Super Bowl run. Because at the end of the day, this division is so stacked. Um. Like not every single team is guaranteed to make the playoffs. Obviously, in this this division, like every single uh, team series could uh, go one and one, and it's going to definitely be a toss up between which teams uh, make it out of that division. So, although I think that the Broncos um, definitely, obviously, got better from uh, Drew Lock and Teddy B to Russell Wilson, that's a massive upgrade. Um, they're definitely going to need some of their younger guys to uh, take steps, like Tyler mentioned. Uh, Javante Williams, I, I think he's also going to have a very good season this, uh, this upcoming year, but they need their wide receiver core to step up a lot because I mean, Jerry Judy's a very good talent, but the thing is he hasn't really proved himself as the first, the first round talent that he was picked at because 
he's shown a lot of flashes as being one of the best route runners uh, in the league, but like the production's not there yet. So hopefully Russell Wilson can definitely elevate all those guys in that wide receiver core. Jerry Judy, like I mentioned, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick. So we'll see what they can do. Um, the Broncos also have a very good defense to uh, sort of, if Russell Wilson's having a bad game, they can always lean on their defense. They also picked up Randy Gregory, but as far as the Broncos go, they're there. It's like, I, like I said, it's still in the air. Who's going to win that division. So it could really go either way. They could finish. For, I could see them finishing first in the division. I could also see them finishing last in the division. Like you never really know uh, with the AFC West now that it's so stacked, but we'll have to see because, they're definitely a dangerous team. I think maybe they might, they might need to add like, I don't another offensive, like I don't want to say weapon because it doesn't have to be a wide receiver, obviously running back. Cause they, they already have pretty good talent there, but maybe an offensive line weapon or something in the draft. I don't, I don't know, but I think the Broncos might need one more piece and they could use the draft to fulfill that need. Um, one more thing before we end the podcast. Um, the Broncos went seven and nine this past season with Teddy Bridgewater's and Drew Locke as their quarterbacks. Like Dean said, that is very, very promising for Broncos fans. Like Dean said, massive upgrade at the quarterback position. So if that defense can stand up, I mean, they have passed their 10. Hope we'll see if they bring Bryce Callahan back. I don't know if they have already. Um, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. They lost their, one of their captains. I think uh, Shelby Harris in that trade. Um, but we'll see if they uh, upgrade in the draft in any way. Um, but yeah, seven and nine record for the Broncos with Drew Locke ending their season as their quarterback. Very, very promising for the Broncos. But uh, like we've said multiple times, up in the air with how good this division is. So, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. We covered uh, the top five biggest moves in NFL free agency. Um, I'm sure we'll be back with something regarding the draft at some point soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. Follow on whatever platform you're listening on today. And uh, yeah, thank you.